0: Jamal Knight, welcome to the Purp Essence podcast. Hey, how you
1: doing? It's nice to meet you.
0: Yeah, so uh, you, you've been on here before. We were talking about PTSD was the topic. And uh, yeah. since last time, have you learned anything new? Uh, any any uh, different philosophies or point of views on that? Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, I would say what I have learned, you know, that that could be a, a big help as far as with, you know, PTSD, you know, depression is, you know, getting around people that are familiar with what you're experiencing. You know, mm. especially if they're going through it themselves, you know, it, it can be therapeutic in a lot of ways because you're helping them. By you know, by, by you listening to them what they've been through their plight, and in return they're helping you because you're able to talk out what you're experiencing, and you don't feel weird out of place, you know, in regards to that. So I would definitely say learning about meeting other people with the same common thing. No, nobody wants to be all depressed. We don't want everybody to be depressed, but meeting someone with the same kind of issue as you can be therapeutic hmm. in, in some cases.
0: Yeah, like no one chooses to be like that. I yeah, like to right. I like to say no one chooses to be how they are. Like if you do something that you that's out of your morals or like that was just off, you like that your character's off, you're like what's come over me? That that's not how I am. Like it's not like you choose to be like that, but perhaps you haven't been doing your day-to-day routine to be the best version of yourself so maybe fall out of that pattern and then that's when you're more likely to fall into patterns that you consume you know in social media if you scroll anytime right now there's a lot like I try to stay off it man because I don't like feeling depressed you know I need I need to be the best version of myself so I can be the best version of myself with you or with anyone I'm in conversation with. So like if it comes down to those habits and like you said, when you it's therapeutic to, to open up, be vulnerable. And then that person's like, Oh, I understand because like, this is how it is for me with depression. And then you feel you both leave the conversation learning something about yourself and something about the other person. And then you can continue on that relationship.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And and it also helps you that over time, it also kind of gives you a slight bit of inspiration because depending on the person you meet and how severe their depression or PTSD may be, it kind of makes you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to do what I can to not end up this way or I'm going to find ways to make myself better, so I don't go back to that route again in life. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be, it, it can be in some cases, not all the time. But in some cases, it can be also inspiring,
0: right? So. Definitely, if you're at different levels, like if they've suffered longer and they're more mature, they can go, "Hey, like, don't do what I did," basically. Right. That you know, helps. Kind of gives like a message that you can send out to the future folks. Out
1: there, who right. maybe going through some or hasn't yet to be go down that road. You know what to expect and how not to go down any deeper or darker than 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 necessary.
0: So, what have you been doing to improve yourself? Um,
1: I, I hate to ask a question. Question: What do you mean improve myself? As far as like not slipping into PTSD or depression? Right. The- right. Um. So I know everybody's different and how they have different styles and what they do to try to combat with that. Um, something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, I never had the confidence to do it until for some reason now. But for me, it's music. Okay. Um, music ever since I was a teenager has been my lifeline. It's been my lifeline refuge to things. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten even more bolder. So now I'm actually starting to play piano. Um, don't ask me why, but I want to play drums. Okay. (laughs) Don't ask me why. Drums are fun, man.
0: You don't have to, I don't need explanation. (laughs) Drums are awesome.
1: (laughs) But, um, I've been, been working on that more and I just honestly want to do that. And I, I I hate to do the self promote part, but I am planning to do like a virtual concert, Okay. you know, in August, cause I just want to just play some music. I'm not trying to go on tour. I'm not trying to win a Grammy. <laughs> um, my goal is just honestly, it's fun. It helps me right. really helps keep my mind off of things. Yeah, so man. It's
0: definitely, music. definitely. I feel it. I'm a musician myself and, uh, I keep it as my expression now. I see it as this is a part of me. It's an extension of me. This is what I do. I'm keeping it at that. It gives me something that I can always lock myself up and just be by myself and make music, you know? Yeah. It, yeah, it, it is awesome. Agree. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I'm like, what, do you have any uh, stuff up I can see now or we have to wait till August to see it?
1: I, I don't have anything posted right now. However, uh, I am going to be doing a little bit at a time. I'll be doing some Facebook live uh, kind of thing. Um, I know there's a way to do this, like a little virtual karaoke uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I actually want to do stuff like that. And yeah, just post it for
0: fun. Right. Uh,
1: but that, that's, that's, that's something I'm definitely looking forward to doing. So yeah, <laughs> I'll invite you on Facebook live. Don't uh, worry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Definitely. I'll check it out. It'd be fun. I'm always a supporter of, uh, the music industry. It's big enough for everybody. It's, it's there's room for every little, every little niche out there. And yeah, that'd be fun. Um, how about, uh, like, uh, the film stuff, You still doing that.
1: I'm trying to get back into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the biggest curves for us right now is, is due to what's going on with COVID-19, how we're yeah. going to go about doing certain scenes because we want everybody to be safe. That's definitely our goal. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a couple of ideas that we've thrown around is maybe get a nurse with us there on the set. Checking people's temperatures, mm-hmm. we we'll have hand sanitizers, still keep the social distance, you know, uh, so we've been still trying to work those ideas out, and uh, for the time being, what I've been doing has been basically just been writing, so screenwriting is something I've been doing just to still keep my skills active, to so still keep myself in the game, um, you know, as we've been doing. Production, you know, we want to. Our- produced back again. People are slowly getting their confidence back. We don't want to want to push it, but i am just thinking the screenwriting, and mm-hmm. that, that's what we get through for right now.
0: Cool. Yeah, it is. I, I kind of forgot about that for a second. Yeah, that's uh, definitely an issue for the film industry.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a little, it's a little bit of a curve. I mean, I don't think it's impossible. Maybe it's a little hard at this point right now, but you know, it's not impossible. We just got to make sure everybody is safe and, and everybody is, is all right. once we want to make movies, you know, it's like, we want to make sure everybody is safe. Right. So that's, that's our a concern.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, that'd be, that'd be exciting. Um, I'm, I'm kind of out of that, out of the film industry. I think I, I uh, definitely am a big supporter, but, uh, I do a lot of writing. So maybe, maybe in the future, but, uh, I'm doing a lot of, like, I'm doing writing for, like, animation and stuff like that. So, I don't know, maybe That's there's nice. a spot for that in Toledo. Oh, definitely. We'll definitely. see.
1: Definitely. I mean, there, there's a spot for that. Detroit, I know, has that as well.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Hey, who who knows? Maybe you could be in a film where you're, you know, playing guitar and playing the music, having a band in there. So, you know, yeah, it's right. possible?
0: Right, right, right. Definitely. Yeah. So, today we're talking about uh, what's going on right now with um, America and, and the racism and the police brutality and all that and, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of toxicity out there, you know, like just like, but then I'm seeing a lot of positivity and a lot of, a lot of good. So, uh, what, what are you, what are you seeing? Like just on the terms of like social media, and like just our day to day life right now, like what do you what do you what are you seeing on on Facebook? I guess you know.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll say you know, in anything that you do, whether it's for a protest or whether it's anything, you're always going to have one side fighting against the other. You know, you're going to mm. have that one side that everybody is toxic as she said and then you have the other side that's fighting for what's right. Right. Um, I I would say it has been 50-50 for the most part on like social media, you know, um, you've seen a lot of people, you know, that, that are positive. You well, know, that they stand up that standing for Black Lives Matter, standing for what the peaceful protests we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um uh one thing I would say that some people on social media should be aware of is that they do have some folks that are trying to capitalize on situations. oh yeah, and what I mean, and what I mean by that is you you have those that would post a person on Facebook saying, "Oh, this person is racist' and take a screenshot of what they said. you know. We know that there are those that are out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to expose them, to make others aware, but we've got to keep our eye on the prize. Right. Of what's more important about fighting against racial inequality, fighting against injustice. That's more important than worrying if someone posted something or, or on a tweet. I saying it's not important, but we can't keep that as our sole
0: focal point. You know? Right, right. It comes down to the intention. That's, I think, that's what makes you as a person is your intention behind what you're doing. You make a post online, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it to spread awareness or are you doing it for likes, you know? Right. That's a a big deal and that's what I'm worried worried about. It, It bothers me because a lot of people do it for likes to make themselves feel better. And I get it, but it's not going to fix how you feel. It's just going to give you a split second, a little bit of, you know, feeling good. But we need to focus on ourselves if you want to start feeling better about ourselves versus going out there and doing things for likes. And and when we're going out for like protests and stuff like that, I feel like that's more proactive you know it's more like hey we're doing this as like a family kind of deal not hey look at me i'm trying to get on camera like i don't feel like they're trying to do that so that is a good thing i feel right
1: and and, and people should keep in mind too on social media the folks that they are trying to expose some not not all but some of those people are not even real people Hmm. like some of those could be like bots some oh, of those yeah. could be fake, you know, Facebook or fake Instagram profiles or Twitter profiles that are out there. And so I think people need to be aware of that as well. You know, it's perfectly fine if you're exposing someone because, you know, honestly, I, I will tell you, there's been some people that I have had to unfriend yeah. that I've known in person for years due to what's going on with the protests and racial injustice and because I stood my ground and said i supported black lives matter Mm -hmm. um and those are real people but for those that are not real um i think people just need to like maybe take a second and be like hey you know let's look at the authenticity here a second before before we jump the gun because we're we're fanning the flames of, of exactly what they want the very thing that they always talk about that we do by, you know, igniting hatred or gaslighting, that's what we have to do. We have to worry about social media gaslighting. Right. I call
0: it. That makes sense. That is tough because everything that's big ha- has an agenda. Like our news stations, CNN, Facebook, any social media, they all have agendas. And that that's, that's the scary thing because it defeats the purpose of what is actually going on right now, and what people are actually trying to do. It's like we don't even know what their agenda is. So how do we go about that?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I, I would say for those that, uh, and, and you make a great point, you know, about what, what you might see. Um, I would say the stuff like that we can control, like what we control what we can see in our news feed. Right. I would say if anybody sees a profile or a person that might make a racial epithet or say anything, you know, just report, you know, get them reported, you know, go and and report them. Now, I understand some people may have a certain unfavorable opinion of Facebook. I have mine, and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to rant about it, but I'm going to say I have mine also. However, you know, do your part by reporting it, whether it's a real person or not. You've done your part. You, you you've alerted someone and let them know, and then right. go back to stick to go, go back to stick to the the issue at hand. You know, a lot of police reform and and racial uh, inequality. We mm-hmm. need to stick to that.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a good idea. That and obviously, if they're your friend on Facebook, unfriend them. Yeah. Stop. Don't don't wake up in the morning or a break during work and you get on your phone and you see that. Like, do yourself a favor and definitely unfriend them. It's not good for your for your soul for your for your heart it's not good
1: and, and I know that that hurt that may hurt some people because it hurt me a little bit, but I had to realize something that they've probably been feeling this way for quite some time. they may have never said it, and then their true colors show out right and that is something to keep in mind as well you know those those kind of habits don't start overnight you don't wake up and, you don't wake up one day and go. I'm gonna hate an entire episode. Like it's just that's just something that happened. right? That that's something that sets over time.
0: Yeah, they probably have a lot of things going on in their life. They probably have a lot of hate, and they don't know who to direct it to. And you know, it's it's not entirely their fault. It's their fault for for making a choice to act upon it. You know, it's, right. but. Everyone goes through a time in their life where they're just confused and they don't know what to do. And we, right now on social media, like, this is the best time ever to live right now because there's so much things we can utilize. There's, there's YouTube channels, there's books, there's ev- events you can go to, there's all different kinds of things to get out there and find out who you are. So you don't have to be cooped up in your house behind a keyboard and try to direct your hate to make yourself feel better.
1: Right, exactly. You know, I, I'm perfectly fine if some people may not understand about Black Lives Matter, or maybe they don't quite understand about the racial inequality and they need to research and look it up, as oh, you yeah. just said. You know, that's fine if you need to study or even and, and I hate to be cliche if I say this Talk to a, a person of color or a black friend, okay, that's fine. you know I, I think the problem is is that when someone explains to you about it and you know you can't just blow it off by saying I don't see color <laughs> yeah you know you may not see color, but that doesn't mean other people don't right you know
0: <laughs> R- right so, what is what does that even like do what is that you're trying to prove something you're trying like okay, you don't see color. What does that mean? Like to everyone else. Yeah. I, I, I get it. And, but, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I did, a an episode with, uh, a previous guest, Richard Neal. And we talked about the government and like how we have to really, we, it, fe- it feels like it's in our hands. Like as millennials, like I feel especially millennials. That we need to be proactive in the, in politics. And I don't want to be. I'm going to be honest. It's, that's work. It's out of my repertoire, but I feel like, man, like we do. We owe it to our country. It's kind of like now it's war, not on the battlefield with guns and going to war and shooting. Now it's war within our country. We need to redefine the politics. Our, our voice is our weapon. So now we have to change the battlefields different now. So it feels like we need to start doing something in that department.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that is something, uh, honestly, that would be, uh, I'll be, be honest with you. I've always been fascinated with the political system, mm-hmm. even back when I was a teenager. Cool. Um, you know, there are different channels as far as being involved politically without really being in politics, you know, like you can like go to, you know, when they have, you know, city council meetings, or you know, if they have an event that's open to the public, you know, and if you, if you have a councilman at large, you know, and and I, I want to make this message not only just you but also to your listeners, you know, if you if you know your councilman uh, or you members of your city council, go reach out to them, you know, ask them and find out, hey, when is their next? You know, assembly meeting or next uh, event that's open to the public to voice your concern, your expression, mm. you know, um, and and see what you know what you could do because even as a citizen, you have just as much power as a citizen than your elected official. Oh, to, sure. to, to make changes and do things. And I know that we all, even as young people. I mean, look, I'm thirty six, and even I have a cynical in some cases look of politics the way our political climate is but you know starting on a small level like your city your county right. municipality start that level you know that that's where you can make waves at and make changes
0: for you know, sure man need. yeah i was just watching i like to watch a lot of comedy stand-up comedy and there's mm-hmm. this uh comic he's a he's famous see he, so, uh no more but his uh George Carlin I don't know if you've heard of him uh oh yeah yeah
1: oh yeah oh
0: but he but he was saying along the lines of uh you know the reason why we have bad politicians is because we have bad people people like in general in America people elected them it's their fault so there's the people are stupid so no the politicians are gonna be stupid it's very it's common sense so that's like I feel millennials get a lot of, you know, they get, they get dissed a lot, you know, but I feel like the millennials are, are really strong, man. We, we, we're very intelligent, very creative and we want to make a change, but we need to start doing it. And I know I'm saying this from, I'm just saying this for me, like I need to start doing it, you know, I, I have this podcast and I'm trying to be vocal, trying to get my mind out there to help others. And now I feel like, like what you said, being involved in the local uh government. So going to meetings and stuff like that, being proactive. So I feel like I need to start doing that. I'm not one to run for politics. Not going to do it. That's not my bag. That's too much stress. No, thanks. <laughs> but Understandable. But I can support someone fully that I believe in, in the local community. So I can do that.
1: Well, well, and that's good. That's fine. You know, and I'm going to say this too. You know, one great thing about us millennials, and I'm going to say us because I was born in 84, so Mm -hmm. I'm a millennial too, um, is, is that we have so many channels. And so many avenues to reach out to people. Yes. I mean, like right now, as you just said, we're doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. This podcast, you know, by the time you publish it, we can get over 5 million people just like that watching it. Yeah. You know, you know, millennials have a lot more greater access to, you know, social media and other different outlets to get things out there. You know, people are always sharing, passing things along that's you know, that could spread like a wildfire, you know, out in cyberspace, right. um, you know, so there are great opportunities and ways for things that get spread out and reach out to people. So even though we may not be in front of one government center right now or in front of City Hall, that there's a great chance that this message that we're doing in this podcast or what we post could easily get to. The halls of city hall within a matter of minutes.
0: Oh, for sure. And, Especially if we email them. Like, right. hey, check yeah. this out. This is, you know, that's what we can if, do. Yeah.
1: If we email, if we go live, do a live stream, if we go and, and, and do a podcast or take a selfie with someone, I mean, it, it, it spreads like that within a matter of minutes. Right. And, you know, that is, a very good opportunity that we have. So I understand what if you do if you don't want to run, I would vote for you personally. But it's okay <laughs> if you don't want to run. <laughs> but um yeah, well, we definitely have other channels and other ways to get through. Right. So right. And don't feel bad I don't want to run either. I, I had it in me. I wanted to be a counselor at large many years ago, but I would think so. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> I like to have fun, you know <laughs> I feel like they're they're always in work mode. Yeah, yeah, and and it it takes a
1: special skill, I think, to be a politician. (sighs) Yeah, it does it's not for it's not for everybody. It's not, but you know, uh, it's for the right people. But yeah, but us getting the right people there that is in tune to our issues Mm -hmm. that can see that can they'll fight for what's right. That's right. Because they were told it's right.
0: Yes. And I think that's what we need. Yes, definitely. And I think, I don't know, man. I feel like we have a good circle. I feel like we have some strong people on our team in Toledo, like with our little group, with uh, the people that you and I are mutual friends with. And I feel like if we get together in like like a think tank group kind of deal and like – yeah kind of have someone that is our spokesperson that can like maybe run you know for our local government yeah so i think i think we we can definitely make a dent at least in our local community and hopefully people listening can do that within their community and hopefully we just see things like a domino effect like hey like the millennials are out here doing something about, about this issue. Right. I think like, that's a, you know, a start.
1: We need people. No, no, you're fine. I was going to say we need people that, that, that kind of think like us. I mean, I'm not saying that it has to be a drone or automaton or rubber stamp. I'm not saying that, but thinking like us in regards to diversity or right. how we think about racial injustice or how we think about racial inequality. You know, like we have our views about it, even though some folks may feel that, well, we don't know what we're talking about having someone that can understand where we're coming from when we talk about it, you know, it's not a foreign concept.
0: Right. Cause like one, I said this, uh, the last show, you know, if I would propose something, it would be a more rigorous program for the police force more similar to something extreme like the Navy SEALs. Like we can't just let anyone in the police force. We need to have strong mental tests because I would trust someone more if they're mentally strong like a Navy SEAL, physically strong like a Navy SEAL. I would trust them more versus, you know, a guy who just like went through six weeks of training training to be a cop or something, you know, I just feel like we need more rigorous programs in that regard.
1: No, I, 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 now I'm going to give a gentle, gentle pushback and just say, we don't want to do too much rigorous training because, you know, I come from a military family. Okay. I was in the military. I was in the air force. And, you know, some of that training and some of that, what you have learned, it can you're, if you don't have that mental capacity to keep it in check, your psyche will, it could collapse mm-hmm. and you know, you could, you could, even snap at the littlest thing, okay you know, which could lead to more violent outbursts. It could lead to that. Um, okay. not saying it will happen in all cases, but it is something to be, hmm. uh, aware of, you know, okay. um, My my father, when he was in in Vietnam, he after he got back, he had a slight mental breakdown, you know. And and that wasn't not from the training, but what he experienced and what he endured, Hmm. you know. So you think about the training that they go through and then being out there. Because, you know, what they may see and what they might see out there on the street, you know, that could eventually just make them collapse. So we have to do it wisely. I would say. And that's not a bad idea. Let's just do it
0: Okay. So more along the lines of like, m- like mental health. So like have like a mental health expert on the force or something like that.
1: Right. Now they do have, uh, they already do have like, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists there, but that's like after you get in and you've already been a police officer. Um, but you know, checking the mental awareness, while they're still in their training, um that would definitely play a big factor in it, okay uh, I would say you know about the closest we can kind of get to seeing what's in their head, you know, right, and then kind of going from there
0: right Hmm. yeah, it's interesting. It looks like that means uh a very big makeover with uh multiple yeah. people really just dis- deciding uh what would be best, not too harsh. You know, people like how you said, how you said you were giving a push back. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, we got to listen to both sides and come down to an agreement. Like what would be the best? Yeah. That's right. definitely, yeah. Uh, it's,
1: it's, that could be overnight. I know it's, it's oh, yeah. not, you know, and no solution is going to be a silver bullet. You know, it's not like this is going to be the one thing that's going to change everything. Right. You know, it's going to be different processes, different steps. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of it has to do with the training. A lot of it would have to do with the method of restraining, right. you know, a, a, a suspect. And a lot of it would have to do with that, you know. So right. we have a little bit of a ways to go. It's not going to be overnight. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Well, in, in the hospitals, a nurse has to get a doctor's order to have restraints. So what if we did that with guns? Like a police officer would have to have... Maybe the chief's order to use a gun? I mean, I mean, fight, there's, uh, emergencies, and I get that. Right. I don't know, man.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I would say in that case, there, you know, if, if they're in a, if, if the police are in a situation where, and I would say only in this situation, I want to say it very carefully, if they are in a situation where, the, 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 the suspect or the person that they're pursuing has a weapon
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they have the intention of doing harm towards police. Yes. They, the, the police have to defend themselves. However, you know, we're having situations where police are using brutality and using lethal force on unarmed people, yeah. people that are like, Literally in their house sleeping.
0: Right. You know, right. So
1: we have a really big problem. Like, you know, now, and and I will tell you, as a black man, I am more scared of the police busting down my door at 2 a.m. than a burglar trying to come in and steal my TV.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's (laughs) messed up. I
1: know the burglar wants the TV and he's going to be on his way once he leaves. Right. Compared to someone that was sworn to protect and serve.
0: Right. That, that is an issue there. It seems like it's already in that effect where you should only use force when someone has, like you should only use a gun if someone has a gun, you know? And they're using force when someone is not using force at all. And on our man would not even, not even doing anything, you know? And I don't see any cracking down on that and that's probably already in the law already in their you know how in their training it's like they're looking over that like it's kind of messed up
1: right and and, and I I, I don't know what's going through these police officers head when they do this all I can say is that for sure without a doubt it's wrong especially Mm -hmm. when they're running away from the police there's been instances where people have walked away from the police and were still killed Right, you know, so you know we have a very big problem on our hands with that. Yes, you know, it 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 it. it, it, it I, I just wanted to say this one little part. It's like several years ago, you had a guy that killed nine people at a church in South Carolina that were at Bible study. He was at home with all of his weapons in hand, and you know. They took them to even Burger King before they turned them in. And then, you know, but then on the other hand, you have, you have people that with nothing in their hand, no weapon, not even a a fork, a plastic fork, and they're trampled down on the ground. They're shot five or six times. You know, it's, it's, it's it's horrible, you know, and it's like, That's the part we need to correct. We need to correct that brutality. We need to correct that injustice. This is something that not just started overnight, right? you know. uh, This is something that's been going on since Reconstruction. You know, when they had members of Ku Klux Klan that joined the police force and that were involved in, in, in the police force throughout the country. This kind of behavior and in, injustice has been going on for four minute. <laughs> and this is something that we have to, we can't be silent about anymore.
0: Yeah. I, I believe it comes with the, I think we need to start with when they go through basic or police academy, we, we need a different way of going about it psychologically with tests. I don't know if we have to do some kind of screening To see if you have any kind of racial tendencies or maybe just some mindfulness training to help you understand who you are and how you can calm yourself. Because I get it. Like you are a police officer with a gun and people are looking at you. So you might have a superiority complex. You might be scared be just because you have thoughts in your head that there's criminals. Like I don't know but definitely some way to calm yourself too. And partners, like, have have a good partner system where, like, maybe you are perhaps more opposites, so you can, like, like how you did a pushback, you know what I mean? So, like, maybe have some kind of psychological pairing with partners. That way, if one person doesn't extreme, the other person's like, hey, this is way against uh, my morals, so let let's pull back and try to decide what to do at this point.
1: Right. You know, there, there, there has to be a more, uh, more proactive approach, not only with, you know, their partners. Um, There has to be a proactive approach as far as, as you just said, with their training uh, with, you know, about enforcing, you know, law and governing like that that has to be something that we have to we have to address. Right. It it we can't get around it. That that's just there's no way of getting around this issue.
0: <laughs> right. And I think it comes down to like you said, being active in the, in the meetings and at your local government and trying to be involved with the local police force, maybe when the chief speaks or something like that.
1: Right. You know, I mean, it, it, it would be like, I mean, it's like, okay. I, and I understand that some some of your listeners would say, well, Hey, you know, we don't really know because we're not there and we're not out there like the police officers. And, and I understand that. And I understand that they may have a tough and very stressful job, but it doesn't excuse murder. No. It doesn't excuse if someone is unarmed, you know, it would be like, you know, I worked in restaurants, okay? And no, it's not the same as being on a police force, but I worked in restaurants where, you know, when orders had to go out and it was high pressure to that capacity of setting things out. I could not be careless and do something that could possibly make the customer sick if the food wasn't cooked. And again, I know it may not be the same comparison, but the level of, you know, I had to still... Maintain is what I get. Is what I'm getting. It. I right. still had to maintain a certain level and decree to be at because if I was to slip, that person could get sick because of my recklessness. So that person could get hurt because of my recklessness. And that's the part that they have to understand. You know, their recklessness is going to hurt someone. It's going to destroy families. You know, take away people's lives. I mean, there's not a moment that goes by. That I will say that, that every time I hear about some uh, some man of color, some African American that was killed, man or woman that was killed by police, I mean, I say to myself, God forbid, what if that's me, or what if that's my brother? You know, right? And all I did was just go outside, and I went to the store, or I would just went to go and catch up with a friend of mine. And thinking nothing of it. And that's the last time I ever walked out that door. Right. And that's the part that the police have to also address too. They have put a lot of fear in people. Yes.
0: Because of it. Yes. Yes. We, we tend to even, even just me and I'm white. If I see a police officer turn on his sirens, I'm like, Oh shit. I hope I don't get pulled over. It's like, if I feel like that, then a person of color is got to feel like, a million, you know, their heart racing a million times more. And that's, that's not right. We need to respect the police officers, not fear them. But how can we do that when they're spreading fear?
1: Right. You know, you know, I know at the beginning of our, of your podcast, we were talking about PTSD and about depression, you know, this kind of behavior and this kind of treatment that we're getting now, this is more than enough to trigger and cause some kind of PTSD and some kind of form of, of level of unnecessary stress. Yes. You know, um, I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, but black people are known genetically to have are more prone to high blood pressure and, you know, heart related issues and hearing things like this. It just increases it by a million. Right. Just hearing this and seeing this, you know?
0: Right. Right. Yeah, man. That is the thing. And then the social media and, like, CNN and any news station, they don't help either with spreading the fear like that. Like, it is out there. They're reporting. I get it. But they're doing it for ratings. They're doing it to make the public just all jumbled up and be against each other and divided.
1: Well. My view is a little different. I mean, I, I, I think the, the, the media gives a voice to the voiceless in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, they have to bring a certain level of awareness mm-hmm. to those out there. You know, it's kind of like what we were talking about like on social media, you know, by seeing these people with these, some of these fake profiles saying racial slurs. Yeah. You know, we need to have this In some cases televised for the fact being that people need to see. You know, they have been showing, they showed a whole eight minutes and 53 and 46 seconds, the length of time. They showed it in its entirety Mm -hmm. of, uh, of that amount of time. And that's how long George Floyd went with suffocating. Right. I mean, you have four minutes before you lose oxygen to the brain, but they went even past that point. So imagine. You know, seeing that like, you know, they have, I, I believe in some cases they have to make that point across to bring the message home to show people this is serious, right? That, you know, eight minutes. I mean, dude, that's the length of time it takes for the sun to reach light to the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine a 200 a, a pound person with their knee on your neck right. for that amount of time. So literally by the time the sun rises, you're dead. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. And, I mean, if it wasn't for someone recording that, that could have been, you know, wiped right under the rug and no one could have known about it how on this level. So it is It is good that the media is doing this as well, that spreading it and, you know, it's getting so big that, look, like, you're going to be on camera. Like, you're... Now people have their phones. They're gonna record it. They're gonna call you out for what you're doing, and it will be out there. It will be on the news.
1: Yeah, and like you just said, also there's a millennial right there that you know, recorded with her camera and got it on social media and look at the result that it made. You know that right. that one video, you know, was so powerful. It it it's been causing. Right. You know it 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 really gripped the world just that just what that one millennial
0: did, so yeah, it did, and I mean, it's getting us talking now, so if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have this, and it's a chain reaction, everything that you do in your life it's like a pebble in the in a pond, it's gonna it's a ripple effect, so if we continue the momentum with the ripples, that only means behind your intentions what they are. It's going to extend to other people. So this could potentially go to the local government, like because maybe we start attending that to Ripple effect, all because of one thing.
1: Right. Right. And and I, I'm I will say I'm glad that person was there. I'm not glad of the event what had happened, but right. I am glad that someone was there to record this to get that word out you right. know i i, I am a, a very appreciative of that young lady that did that
0: right yeah it, it is definitely something that needed to be talked about a long 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 time ago and i'm glad that's we're banding together to try to see what we're supposed to do not to just Spread awareness and support, but take action. What do we do next? That's what I am trying to be proactive about.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, we got to do more than just thoughts and prayers. Like, like you know, yeah, we got we have to do more than just that. There, so they can only go. Those can only go so far.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it's it's time it's time to look what's going on in your community. The local government. So I think that's a, 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 start. I think that's the first part of the ripple. Yeah. Do you have an, um, any last words or, uh, anything, uh, coming up or anything you'd like to, to plug or anything more on this situation that you f- feel needs to be said?
1: All I going to say is about this situation for those that are out there that are protesting, keep fighting. Fight for what's right. Now, no, we do not. Now, I will say this because I want to make it abundantly clear with anyone that's listening. I am not, and I repeat, I am not for you going into a Foot Locker and taking five or six pairs of Nike Air Jordans. That has nothing to do with racial injustice or police brutality that needs to stop. But what needs to continue is the, the, the protesting. What needs to continue is that we continue to fight, you know, for those I'll, I'll use myself right now because literally I'm having a wheelchair to get around. So I'm going to just say, take a stand, even if you cannot stand up, <laughs> you know, you, you don't let this just end we lost way too many good people, men and women, because of recklessness, because of brutality. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you right here, Colin Kaepernick for the 49ers started this long time ago. I still stand with him now. I know I'm going to probably be called a liberal snowflake for that. <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. Um, but you know what? We need to take that stance like Colin Kaepernick and, and stand our ground and not back down from this so let's just keep on fighting for what's right